we are committed to creating a safe and supportive space for our guests and listeners, and to provide information and tools that will help our listeners understand, manage, and overcome trauma. We understand that the healing journey can bring up challenging emotions. Therefore, we want to warn our audience that certain episodes may contain discussions or stories that could be triggering for some individuals. The content of the podcast is for educational and informative purposes only, and we encourage you to practice self-care and discretion while listening, and to reach out to a trusted support system or professional if you feel overwhelmed and need help on your healing journey. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Healing and Growing Hand in Hand podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Tickle, and today's guest is Don St. John. He is a therapist, a teacher, and an author. And the book that he has written is called Healing the Wounds of Childhood and Culture, An Adventure of a Lifetime. And our subject today, we actually have a couple subjects we're going to be talking about. Uh, One is the difference between role awareness and self-awareness, which was very, very interesting. And then the other thing is we touch on codependency. So let's get started. Well, welcome, Don. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I love the work you're doing. I think the world needs so much, so much more mm-hmm. of this kind of education. So I appreciate that, Lisa. Thank you. And, you know, I I uh, was born in the middle of World War II. Uh, my father was shipped overseas to the war just before I was born, I almost died at birth. So that was the first major trauma. And, you know, then for the next 15 years or so, I like to somewhat facetiously say it got worse from there. And what I mean by that is my mother, who loved me dearly, and I could feel it, had very low frustration tolerance and very poor, poor impulse control. And she would lose it and start swinging. She even bragged that, you know, she gave me my first slap in the face when I was 11 months old, not years. 11 months. months. Oh. And, you know, it gradually became a daily ritual. Mm -hmm. So there was a a great deal of terror in my body, as well as a whole lot of longing for that connection with that woman who, you know, who was such a force, Mm -hmm. such a, yeah, she was a force of nature, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So those two impulses wipe each other out and the result is a frozen human being Mm -hmm. that's how I was kind of frozen poorly in touch with myself incapable of feeling any real feeling or even my body as such Mm -hmm. so you know and one day uh, I was around 20 years old Um, I realized I needed help. I was drinking and fighting and, 
you know, not going anywhere in particular and <clears throat> went in to see a therapist. And that was about 60 years ago. Wow. And it's been an amazing journey ever since. I mean, what I have experienced, I've called an adventure of a lifetime because, you know, from being almost incapable, <clears throat> excuse, me, excuse me, of a real connection, um, mm. I, my work now is all about intimacy, mm -hmm. emotional intimacy my marriage of 40 almost 40 years goes deeper and deeper and it's mm. still it's still alive it's still erotic it's still deeply emotional and oh. you know, it's like wow and I teach fluid movement mm. I who couldn't feel my body and who is frozen person. right and someone who yeah. is frozen right who is frozen mm -hmm. literally mm -hmm. incapable you know now teaching fluid movement. Nice. So, yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Where was your dad when all this was going on, when you were growing up? You, you were talking a lot about your mom was your dad because so he was in the service, so he wasn't around maybe? No, well, he, you know, he returned when I was two. Mm. But the tension between them and, and you know, just, that just tension in a household mm -hmm. conflict can be enough to be traumatic yes without everything else that i experience i agree with that because i experienced that it's just like that constant steady tension and stress and strife nothing it's has to be said scary. but you can feel it you can feel it exactly mm -hmm. so my mother kind of used me as a pawn against him. Mm. And he and I, well, we hardly spoke to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was a kind guy in some ways. He rarely ever raised his hands, but he, but he never stopped her, for sure. So he didn't protect you. He and didn't protect not you. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. And... I I won a a very important interschool catechism contest once, and I brought home the gold medal and I showed it to him. He said, "I'll take it down to Charlie's Delicatessen, give him a dime. He'll give you a cup of coffee." That was his res response. I won it again the next year. This time, I was smart enough not to show it to him. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that that that's my father. That yeah. was my relationship with him. I I can understand it now. You yeah, know, after sixty years mm -hmm. of probing my depths, I can understand he didn't have the resources, the capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, I felt tender towards him as an adult. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I know. Cause I, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, um, over the last couple of years, I've kind of put the story together about my mom. Cause I didn't know hardly anything about her at all. And, um, and it was really sad what I discovered about her life. Um, yeah. and really gave me some empathy for sure for her. Cause she, both my parents, both my parents were raised in very abusive homes. My father left home when he was 14 because his father was so abusive. Um, 
And so, but I didn't really know my mom's history and it does, it get, it absolutely took my breath away when I first realized the whole kind of story. Mm -hmm. And then it brought tears to my eyes and I cried for her um, and certainly have empathy and understanding. And, and what that understanding helped me to realize is that, and this sounds kind of crazy because all my life I heard, oh, you know, this, the, the abuse was not your fault. It wasn't your fault, but I finally got it. It really mm-hmm. wasn't my fault. It, I really, that helped me really understand why it was happening. That's profound. And I think it's such an important part of the healing journey when you can arrive at that understanding, when you can feel empathy, when you can realize it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, children conclude that it's their fault. Absolutely. That they deserve what they're receiving. And it's obviously it isn't right. You just got to get it from here to here, you know, to really understand it. And I, you know, it was, it was a big aha moment for me and it was empowering as well, you know, and it kind of, it was, it, once I realized that it kind of opened the door to a lot of stuff for me, a lot more healing um, and a lot more understanding. And, And, you know, I think it's, it's so important in our world today to understand that just about every major problem we face has its roots in trauma of Mm -hmm. one kind or another, whether we're talking about chronic illness, whether we're talking about violence, addictions, uh, anxiety, depression, mental health issues, stupid politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that is rooted in trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and all too often people believe they had a quote unquote normal household without any trauma, even though one parent may have been an alcoholic mm-hmm. or their parents didn't like each other very much or they, you know, that there was tension always in the air. Mm-hmm. You can go on and on to yeah. these examples of what would be traumatic right. for a child. Right. What would keep them from filling out their resources mm-hmm. and and capacity. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's hard for, you know, and it made me think about people don't realize that what trauma can be right for a child and you don't even like it it could be a parent is sick it could be a a brother or a sibling is sick you know and has health issues it can be the violence it can be it it can be so much and it has a traumatic effect and as you know you can't expect a child to understand that us as adults have a hard time wrapping our head around some of this stuff, right? Exactly. (laughs) Trying to understand. Um, And so we can't expect a child to at all. And we, and and when a child isn't supported and and supported through that trauma, um, because I've had guests on here who's had wonderful support system that helped them through it. And they, they came out of it really well. And it didn't, it didn't have a profound effect for them. But for those of us who didn't have that, it's, you know, we come to conclusions in our head that are so far from the truth, but it becomes our truth. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and there's one more thing that the reason I titled my book, you know, Healing the Wounds of Childhood and Culture 
is that I believe that even in fine homes where there isn't conflict, where there isn't violence, where there's attention and care, we live in a culture that doesn't recognize the supremacy of connection as a human requirement. We put so much emphasis on achievement, on production, that we don't realize that being and connection, connection to ourselves, yes. our bodies, nature, each other, the, mm -hmm. the universe, if mm -hmm. you will, you know, that sense of belonging. Those, yeah, those, put the phone down too, right? I'm sorry, say put, it again. Put the phone down as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Put the phone down. Have dinner time with your family, with each yeah. other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the connection is really important. Well, I've got a question for you because you have um, in, in your profile, and I thought this was really interesting. Um, you talk about relationships in transition from role awareness to self-awareness. And everybody knows by now that I talk a lot about self-awareness and how important it is. Um, so what do you mean when you say relationships in transition from role awareness to self-awareness? Tell you a little story here. Uh, my very first public lecture that I gave in the early 1970s mm. titled that. Mm, okay. And it's still relevant to this day. And the way I started that lecture was that when my grandparents, who came from Italy, met in New York in their late teens and got married, you know, when they came together to get married, there was a little bit of a courting ritual. They got married and then they knew from that point forward what they were to do. Okay. The, the roles were clearly defined. They never mm -hmm. asked themselves or each other, are we really communicating? So are as a culture? Satisfied? You know, they, they fulfilled their roles. It was clear. And since then, people have very different expectations of what a marriage is supposed to provide. Mm-hmm intimacy, communication, but that's based on self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a conflict often between role expectations and what's meaningful and real for the person. Mm -hmm. And to be able to discern that to engage this process that I call a healing journey is, is to plummet the depths of our souls, to know them, to know ourselves mm -hmm. in a very real way, to know our bodies, to know our yearnings, our desires, okay? and to be able to communicate from our hearts. Yeah. And I think one of the keys to a successful marriage is developing. I use that word deliberately because it takes time. It takes practice to communicate directly from 
the heart, mm -hmm. to be able to say, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is how I feel. This is what I need. You know, this is important. Mm -hmm. Without all the persona, you know, the outer garments, if you will, being in the way. <clears throat> and when they are, that communication is so much less satisfying. Mm -hmm. Someone is speaking <clears throat> to you. From the heart, there's a vibration such mm -hmm. as yours. And whether you agree or disagree, mm -hmm. whether you want to go in the same direction or not, you can feel that vibration. And it's meaningful. It's, mm -hmm. it's touching. It's satisfying. It's, it, it's full. It's full. It feels full, right? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. Okay, so from the role of the from the role awareness to the self awareness, it's it's more of role awareness would be kind of like disingenuous. Yeah, it's like this is what I do. This is what you do. Surfacy. Oh, I see. Surfacy. Okay. It's I see. not necessarily disingenuous, but yes, in the sense of not being aware of mm -hmm. one's deeper needs, longings, desires, hopes. Okay. Yeah. Not necessarily, you know, not deliberately mm -hmm. disingenuous. It's like staying on the surface. Right. Right. Don't go deep. Don't go deep. Don't go deep. Yeah. And you know, that's how my first marriage was for sure. And it was just because I was in absolute survival mode and going deep was scary. Going deep mm -hmm. was very scary. And, you know, we both came into the marriage with our stuff and, um, you know, and so as we all was, do, yeah, we all do. Um, and you know, the marriage I'm in now, it's very much that, and we can have those uncomfortable conversations because it can be uncomfortable. Absolutely. You know, but you know, the, and communication is, it's such an art and it's something that you always have to work on. You know, when you think there's times I think, no, I said that I know I communicated it and, and yet he may have heard it different. Right. Absolutely. Yep. So, so that's very interesting. So how do we do that? So what, what suggestions do you have? Cause it's scary. I mean, you have to have a safe place first of all, right? Right. Create a safe place. Well, it's a journey, Lisa, and it's a wonderful journey. You know, it's it's aiming towards a, arriving at a beautiful place mm -hmm. where even if you sweat a little bit, you know that you can have that difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. You know that you can get angry. And it's going to be okay. It's not going to end the relationship. You're not going to be abandoned. You're not yeah. going to be overwhelmed. Okay. That's that trust. And okay. You start out by knowing where you want to go or having a sense of where you want to go. For example, with the metaphor, we want to go to the lake that sits on top of that mountain. It's 4,000 
9,000 feet elevation. It's four and a half miles. There's going to be some rugged terrain. So you have a map. You study a little bit. You start mm -hmm. to learn about it, you know, and you start out. You start moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. And you encounter along the way. I mean, this, as I'm saying this, I'm remembering Joseph Campbell and his hero's journey. And I'm suggesting you can do that in relationship. It's a mm -hmm. hero's journey. You don't know what you're going to encounter. If, if you're honest with each other, if you can tolerate some discomfort, if you can gradually peel away the layers of protection. Mm hmm to reveal yourself more transparently, more sincerely. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, cause I'm, as you're saying yeah. this, I'm, I'm thinking about, again, I'm thinking about like my first marriage and, you know, I went into, I knew what I wanted, but you know what? I don't know if I ever expressed that even the basics. Right. Right. I mean, we talked about, you know, having a family. We did talk about that for sure. We both wanted that. I wouldn't have married him if he didn't want children. Um, but, you know, it didn't go deep. And I, I'm just sitting here thinking, it just seems so simple. But especially when you're moving into a direction of getting married and, you know, beginning a life together, it is important to sit and express, first of all, to know what it is you want, right? So I knew the basics of what I wanted, but I had no idea how to go about that. Um, and so that's, interesting that you would you know first you have to sit, sit with yourself and you have to understand what it is you want and then expressing that and for me even if I knew what I wanted I don't think I would have expressed it because I for years didn't have a voice not an appropriate voice <laughs> let me rephrase that we had a voice right I had a voice and it was really ugly for a long time right um uh, and it, I I could be I could be vicious um, I have long since overcome that, but, um, but that's how it would come out. Well, who's going to listen to that? Right. I, I'm kind of going through this, as you can see, right. And understanding this. So let me complexify this a little bit, because on one hand, it is simple. On the other, it's not easy. Right. And it's not easy because often we don't know in a situation like you just described, you may be craving a sense of safety yes. in a relationship. You may never, and I'm speaking hypothetically, I don't know, but you may never have had a safe relationship mm -hmm. with either parent. And that's often the, you know, that's often the case. And if if the listener wants to know, did I have a safe relationship with both my parents? You can ask. Was I able to share my experience with them? Mm -hmm. Could I be transparent with them? Could I be real with them? And if the answer is no, okay, there was some degree of being unsafe in that mm -hmm. relationship. So, okay, and then you meet the man you're going to marry. And usually the person, especially the first time that you choose is exactly who you need to work out the issues <laughs> that you hadn't worked out as a child so true 
you know, you're, you're still longing for that safety or that acceptance mm -hmm. or that acknowledgement. You know, we, we're, we're craving those things, mm -hmm. often not knowing that that's what we're craving. You see, you see how challenging. Oh, yeah. Could be and why it's a lifetime's work. It's a journey. It really is. I know. And I'll tell you that the, the two things that I was looking for was love, because the very parents you described was the very parents that I had. And so I didn't have a safe place in my home. My safe place was in my bedroom as long as no one was in there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I did. I, you know, I was looking, I, I, I didn't feel loved. I'm not saying I wasn't loved. I didn't feel loved. And so mm -hmm. I was on a, on a hunt and, you know, my first husband, I, yes, I, I loved him. Um, and I also had a fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to rock that boat. Right. So I finally right. found somebody that will love me. I finally found some, and this has nothing against him. This is 100% me. I finally found someone who that loves me right? And I can't rock the boat because he might leave me. Right. So that's how I lived a 30 year marriage. That's a dilemma. It is a dilemma. It was, it was, dilemma. it was, and it, and I, you know, and it wasn't good for him either. No, of course not. He no. triggered me all the time. I triggered him all the time, you know? Yeah. And it just was, it wasn't. And, and we had that strife. As a matter of fact, I, I, apologize to my son recently for raising him in a home where we were screamers. Mm. Fortunately, I didn't scream at him, my son, <laughs> mm. you know, but it's not, yeah, it's not, but, and so I, I, because of those two things that were so important to me, being loved and not being abandoned, I compromised a lot in my life. Yeah. And then I was in survival mode. So I was just getting through every day. Yeah. And that's also a definition, if you will, of codependence. Totally. Totally. See? Yeah. It was bad. Because, you know, you're stuck in that mm -hmm. dilemma. It's you're... a cycle. You see the cycle too. Oh, yeah. You see yeah. it. I would sit back. We... Both he and I would see it. And it's the craziest thing. You see it and then you're like, but what do we do to stop it? <laughs> mm. And, you know, I appreciate, Lisa, how you accept responsibility for it and not blame him. Mm -mm. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of growth. That's a big step when you take yourself out of that victim mentality mm -hmm. Believing he did it to me, he did it to me. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere to go mm -mm. when you're in that place. And to recognize, yeah. hmm, that was me. You know, I'm I'm writing this story mm -hmm. here. You know, I'm mm -hmm. the author. That's a huge step. And it's freeing. Oh, it is so freeing. Oh, my goodness. And I'll tell you, I lived the victim mindset for years. Nothing was my fault. I was a childhood abuse victim. And so, you know, I, I, it's so funny. I just remember in the back of my mind, having this mindset that I was an abused victim. So everybody has to be nice to me. So interesting what your mind will do. And I absolutely was in that victim mindset. And for years, I absolutely blamed everything on him. It was all his fault. And I just, I just was constantly in this place of 
when is this going to change? This is crazy. And why does he keep doing this to me? And not looking at it for a lot of years of what am I contributing to this? And once yeah. I started to do that, once I sat back and I started going, wait a minute, you know, I'm losing control here and realizing what was going on. It was really empowering, but it also, my growth, I outgrew the situation, you know, and I had had enough. So impressive to me listening to you. And oh, you thank you. Really, yeah, you really made such huge changes. Mm -hmm. We're talking 180 here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seriously. And, and I imagine you feel much more free, mm -hmm. much more empowered, much more real. Confident. Yes. Confident. Yes. And these are some of the rewards for embarking on a healing journey. Yeah. And I think, you know, this, this notion that this person has a disorder, he, he has anxiety, uh, he needs to be cured so he can be normal. Mm. I, I think that is such a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. such a misunderstanding of reality mm -hmm. I, I don't think it works that way mm -mm. you know i i think that we need to recognize that we all should be on this journey we all should be developing towards wholeness mm -hmm. you know these aspects of self like taking responsibilities mm -hmm. sensing ourselves as the author of our lives recognizing how much more we can connect mm -hmm. with our bodies with ourselves with each other mm -hmm. you know yeah i agree i agree and you know and, and my life is so different and it is so much more fulfilling and it's peaceful and you know and and all this and and you said it before we got on the podcast you know that you know, what happened to us in our life, what we can do with it is turn around and pay it forward and help people, you know, yeah. and the whole idea of this podcast for me was to shorten people's suffering and pain. If I can get something out there, that's going to help shorten someone's pain. If they're going to have an aha moment, because those do, those are life changers. When you just have that one little, you know, moment of aha, that takes you in a completely different direction and frees yeah. you from that stuff that's going on in your head. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a beautiful journey. It is. It really is. Even the bumps, even the bumps, you know, They're part of it. They're they part are. Of it. Instead of yeah. thinking, why, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening, you know, for me? Cause there's something in it for me to learn. There's something for me to grow, you know, and yes, everybody should be on a, a journey, whether it's healing or growing. And, and that was why, another reason with this podcast, I call it healing and growing because it's not just healing. Not everybody needs to necessarily heal, but we all have growth. And, and when there's growth, there is so many good things that come into your life that you don't even imagine. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it, for me, it's a journey towards wholeness. Yes. And it's not, it's not a static destination. I don't believe, you know, we wake up one day and say, oh, I'm whole now. That's it. All right. I think it's a continuous process 
I, and I don't know what's next. Right, right. Part of the, what makes it mm -hmm. exciting. I don't know what's coming next. It can but be I scary, but it, it can be scary. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I wanted to touch on a little bit because, because on your, on, on your profile too, and we kind of touched on a little bit about codependency. So I described a perfect example of a codependent relationship, right? Uh-huh. What are some steps? Okay. So first of all, it's got to be self-awareness, right? So give some, some, I guess, exam, uh, not examples, but ideas of more, more ideas of codependency. And then what would be the next step to help someone work through that? Cause in my case, I eventually, we ended up going our separate ways. That's not always the right thing to do. Um, and that that's not always the answer. So what do you suggest? Okay, let me let me start with the model. And I won't go into all the details. I've got a chapter in my book where I talk about water and coherence. And let me give you a model. Okay. That is a situation where local freedom or local autonomy and global cohesion are both maximized. Now, let me give you an example of that. If we look at the structure of the human body and say, if I were to create it ideally, speaking of the muscles, bones, and joints, mm -hmm. what would it be? Okay. And what it would be is every joint, let's, let's take the shoulder joint. Every joint would be free to do what it's designed to do. All the movements that it's designed to make, mm -hmm. it would be able to freely make. And simultaneously be in complete coordination or cohesion with all the other joints in the body, mm. with the rest of the body. Okay. Let's take this to relationship where two people would be optimally feel completely free and completely connected to each other. Codependence is a situation where they're connected to each other, but they're not free. They don't yes. feel free. So you gave a perfect example. Mm -hmm. You couldn't use your voice appropriately, you know, and mm -hmm. experience your freedom, mm -hmm. which is what it would have taken in your situation, Lisa, because of the fear of mm -hmm. abandonment because you, you already experienced the consequences of abandonment. Yes. And, and you experienced it at a time in your life when you did not have the resources to deal with it in an mm -hmm. effective way. Okay, so you did the best you could and you learned you know, to not be authentic, to mm -hmm. not express your authentic voice in order to stay connected 
mm-hmm. because without that, you wouldn't survive. And that's that was literally true. Mm-hmm. You know, three years old, what are you going to do? Go to the mm-hmm. grocery store and buy your own groceries? Right. You're completely dependent. So, so that carries into your relationship. Mm-hmm. So what there is to do, you know, and he plays his side of the dance. Yes. What there is to do is for both to find that authentic place inside where you can learn with help usually mm-hmm. you can learn to express your sincere feelings, your needs, you know, in a sincere, non-blaming, yeah. not intellectualizing way and hear each other and you know gradually have both that sense of autonomy that sense of freedom and that sense of closeness Mm -hmm. yeah you know when i compare what i had and how i behaved and how that relationship is compared to the one i have now the one i have now is exactly what you're describing awesome yeah and and i'm not bragging it's just i feel very blessed very blessed let me tell you i'm very blessed yes you are and you did the hard work yeah yeah he would i wouldn't have him if i hadn't done this work right and vice versa because he's done a lot of work too yeah yeah and so what we're doing right now is inviting all our listeners really engage the journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I think one of the best ways to do that, at least start is journaling, right? Don't you think? Ask yourself, ask yourself questions. To me, the best way to journal, if you sit down, you're like, I don't even know what to write. You know, you could just write what's ever going on in your head. Right. But you can also ask yourself questions because curiosity is what's going to help you go deep. Right. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful way to engage the journey. I think, you know, I I talk about four different pillars, you know, and and one is is the body, getting more Mm -hmm. in touch with our body. Mm -hmm. It's not just exercise, you Mm -hmm. know, but there's so much more and it's out there if you do the research it's out there for example there's a discipline called continuum it's it's a system of fluid movement meditation Mm. that you know helped me tremendously Mm -hmm. and you can look it up go to the continuum teachers association there's another discipline out there called rolfing or structural integration that helps our body be more balanced. And mm. for example, you know, as someone who was beaten quite a bit, when mm-hmm. I came into adulthood, my shoulders mm. were pasted to my ears. Yep. And, you know, I had to get mm-hmm. those down and, mm-hmm. So they're they're out there. These disciplines are out there. There are good psychotherapists out there who can be helpful. There are courses, relationship courses. There's so many ways. Spiritual, psychedelics, mm-hmm. psychedelics. 
Yeah. For some in a control. Yeah. In a very controlled situation. I 100% believe that. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It has to be the right, appropriate, legal, the whole thing. Right. But, but the profession of psychotherapy has begun to see the value of psychedelics. Yes. It has made a huge, especially for PTSD, right? PTSD, absolutely. Depression, mm -hmm. even things like the fear of dying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's so much out there. There's that, so much more out there now than there was for us, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. 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 And I, I talk about that, that there just wasn't the protection there for children. Like there is today. Thank, thank God there's stuff in place today, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause, uh, um, I find that the journaling definitely helps me. Um, and sometimes as crazy as this may sound, sometimes I just talk to myself out loud. Yeah. I have a conversation with myself because when words are in here, they can kind of get jumbled up a little bit and create a little havoc. And sometimes when you say stuff, all of a sudden it's disempowered. So some negative thing you may be thinking, all of a sudden you say it out loud. It's like, oh, oh, that's, you know, that doesn't have that much power over me anymore. So I'll, I'll have conversations with myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a way of clarifying. I've got, oh, I must have two dozen journals you know, that I filled over years. Yeah. That's a lot of years a lot of years it's been 50 years no closer to 60 years do you I've ever go back and read them not too often no no i know i don't know i know because i have some old ones too yeah 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 well this has been most interesting and i'm really glad that you came on and we talked about this stuff because i can't get enough uh self-awareness out there. You know, I just, I believe that that's critical for every part of your life and for you to grow. And so thank you so much for explaining all that. And, and, and the great example and, um, talk about codependency because you, for me, I, I didn't even realize I was so sucked into it. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about self-awareness, I think it's important for people to realize that yes, they may encounter aspects of themselves that aren't very pretty. Yeah. They may not like, but underneath that, they're going to find gold. Yes. Yes. They will find gold. Yes. They and looking. give yourself grace. Give yourself some grace because we can be and so, yes, we can be so hard on ourselves because that's something that I'm still working on is forgiving myself for my behavior when I was in survival mode, you know, sure, sure. you know, you do things in survival mode. You don't do outside of survival mode. So, um, I'm still working on Simple that. As that. True. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's okay. I, I, it, you know, um, I'm also th learning not to overthink because I could take something and think it too for days, something that I've done and I could think it over and over and I'm stopping that as well. So it's a journey for sure. It's a journey for sure. Well, thank you again, Don. This has been great. I appreciate everything. Can you let everybody know if they wanted to reach out to you, how they could get a hold of you? Uh, yes, they can email me at Don, D-O-N, at 
S T dash J O N dot com. No H. No H. Okay. You can also get to me through my book, Healing the Wounds of Childhood and Culture, An Adventure of a Lifetime. Excellent. Well, we'll have all those links so everybody can uh, get a hold of you. And if they want to get your book, they'll be able to do that as well. So thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story. Welcome. I know it's not always easy, but it's especially with men, it's really um, helpful to get those stories out there in the connection. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.